What's up, McConaughey's? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. And I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. And I just want to say, we are the voice of the angels. <laughs> we got you live right here on Z103, <laughs> the voice of the angels. <laughs> Man, what a douchebag. What a douchebag. Oh, you talking about uh, Ranch Wilder? Yeah, Ranch fucking Wilder <laughs> with his big ass chin. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> So Lizzie, you can't fire me. I am Ranch Wilder. No, you can't fire me. I've got a contract. A contract. That's yeah. Lizzie walked in just as that happened, and she's like, "I've heard that phrase." And I'm like, "I'm sure you have. I I, I don't know from where, and I I doubt it's from this movie, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've I've got a nice Instagram post Ooh. set up related to Ranch Wilder, and I just want to tell everybody, beer brand. Rejected us. Okay. What? They're not going to be a sponsor Bullshit. because we only have nine Instagram followers. So if y'all want to see the fun Ranch Wilder Instagram post, follow us and, and maybe we can get a sponsorship Dude, from Beer Brand. All right. I love this for two reasons. One, I love that pitch. That's fucking fantastic. People, like, subscribe, share with your moms and dads. All right. We're growing, we're yeah. booming. Second, I love that we just got rejected because we have nine Instagram followers. Like someone was like, yeah, writing this email is a waste of my time, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they, they like work with some affiliate marketing group and you know, their explanation was, Hey, looks cool, but we only work with people who have like several thousand followers and, and we do have almost 100 downloads on, just on our first Shit, episode yeah, so far. Dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you this, Mark. If they ever approach me on my other podcast, I'm going to say, fuck y'all. I only work with people who work with Mastering McConaughey, the podcast. I think that's a good play. That's what I'm going to do. That's right. Negotiate against yourself yeah, or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we are the voice of the angels today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I had so much fun watching this movie. I had to break it up into two parts to fit it in, but it just took me back, man. I, I Yeah. Yeah. I was saying lines as they were happening, and Lizzie turns around, she goes, have you seen this? I'm like, babe, this is one of those movies in the 90s that just, they kept playing, okay? You, you could not see this movie. That's absolutely true, but I'm surprised that you could remember the lines. Um, okay, so, yeah, no. I, I mean, sometimes you're just like in the moment, man, and, and I knew it. Like, I knew it was coming. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you should know, I made really bad grades in school because my mind was filled with this kind of bullshit. All right? Unhelpful. Yeah, <laughs> Unhelpful. Yeah, what are you going to do? Well. I don't know. My parents threw me a big ass party when I graduated high school. I don't think they saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you graduated. You, you were fine. We've already talked about your 
your many advanced degrees. So oh my God. we're not worried yeah. about, about your smarts. Well, Mark, what are we reviewing today? We've talked about it. We've chatted about it. But officially, what are we talking about today? Well, it's an episode of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> the, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's Angels in the Outfield. But, but there were angels in the outfield and in the infield. Yeah, I know. Angels in the Outfield, 1994 classic. That's exactly what I was going to say. Bullshit. Yes, 1994 classic. We are are on it today, man. We are on the level. Mm. And yeah, I mean, what, 30 years later, you're, you're, or however long, I can't do math anymore. Um, Sounds right. You're still quoting lines. Uh, I think it was beloved by, I mean, me. And you, I, I would certainly hope other people of our generation. Absolutely. And the bullshit, by the way, um, I think I saw a rating on there, like 33% or some kind of bullshit. Yeah. What is that about? Yeah, 32% tomato meter. It has a 49% audience score. I think this fucking thing held up. It did. It stood the test of time. Now, I will say the uh, the stereotypes... They they laid it on pretty thick. I felt like okay. Uh, the the foster mom. My name is Maggie Nelson. I take care of foster kids. I mean, they gave her a beat up ass car. They you know holes in the clothes, shitty house. I was like, guys, come on, you're really you're really hitting this one in the ground. I feel like uh, mm. it, you know there were things like that going on, but of course it, yeah. it was a children's Disney movie, so. You know, yeah, there's no room for nuance yeah, you, there. Right. Exactly. You got to know your audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking baseball. Hey, Mark, talk to me. What are you drinking? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint and a pickled egg. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Johnny, today I, I've, you know, I've kind of... I don't know. I've copped out the past couple of episodes just drinking beer. Okay. It was it was in context, you know, but it was still just beer. So I made a classic style cocktail uh, called the Cooperstown Cocktail. Ooh. This has gin, sweet vermouth, dry vermouth, and it's supposed to have orange bitters and mint leaves, but I forgot the last two things. But it's still pretty good. Excellent. I've got it in a nice uh, classic coupe glass. You do. That's nice. Very boob shaped, you know what I'm saying? Like it. Yeah. What are you drinking? Dude, I am drinking a whiskey scotch blend called Monkey Shoulder. Monkey Shoulder. Now, why would I be drinking something called Monkey Shoulder? A couple of reasons. One, it was on a list of cheap scotches to get that I looked up today. Okay. <laughs> Two, it has three monkeys chilling on each other's backs. All right? How badass is that? Okay. And lastly, because one of the main characters, the pitcher, blowing out his shoulder, and right. also, um, very sad, they foreshadowed he's going to die of a heart attack soon or lung cancer. Um, yeah. You know? So yeah, I want to get into that. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tony Danza. Tony Danza. Mel, you talked to us about the game. It feels great to be a winner again. 
Tony Danza's character, blown mm-hmm. out shoulder. It really, hey, I like that. That's a creative choice. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm just trying to bring it all together and tie it all in. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Yeah, this, uh, this movie, as you said, not, not a great uh, reception by the critics, no. but I th- it was one of my favorites. Do you think that that was like, obviously they didn't have Rotten Tomatoes back then, I imagine, but do you think that that, has, uh, that score has changed over time or that is representative of the time of the 90s when it came out? All right. I, I have almost no experience with Rotten Tomatoes, but it is my understanding that the tomato meter is an aggregation, you know, like percentage of all of the critic ratings at the time it was released. And then you have the audience score, which, you know, is like tomato, uh, Rotten Tomato users coming on and rating it. Tomato. So I think at the time it was a 32%, you know, positive rating that's from, in, that's from critics. That's crazy to think about. I mean, Disney doesn't exactly put out flops, right? No, you're right. They're you're not right. known for that. So it's it's very surprising to me that, that that was the case. Not to and not to mention it was a great movie. It's a great it movie. It's a great fucking movie. I'll tell you what. My wife was watching it with me and she was like, This I, you know, she doesn't remember it. I don't know if she's ever seen it before, but and she's like, This is pretty good. Yeah. And and then there's like some ridiculous thing that happens. She's like, Oh well, maybe not. And I go, babe, this is a kids movie. <laughs> exactly. This is a children's movie. And she's like, Okay, you're right. It's a good movie. I ate it up back then and today. I'm not going to lie. Not going to yeah. lie. Um, uh, well, Mark, who's your favorite character in this movie? <sighs> My favorite character? Probably JP. JP. What's yeah, the, lo- the yeah. little friend of Jordan Joseph Levin. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> D- does he speak? <laughs> yes, he speaks. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I think, I mean, he's just this little kid, you know. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is probably 12 or 13, but uh, JP's even younger. And yeah, I don't know. He was fun to watch. He was. He was fun to watch. I agree. Um, I'm going to go with the foster mom. Okay. And it's not because uh, I was impressed by her performance uh, or her really at all. In this film, but Lizzie did point out that she is the pigeon lady in Home Alone. So therefore, I vote for the pigeon lady. I wasn't always like this, you know. Oh, what were you like before? Did you have any kids? No. Brenda Fricker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Home Look at Alone. You, Brenda Fricker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, All right, so you're excited that the bird lady is doing a, a good deed here, running a short-term foster home. I, I, she really is is serving the people, right? She is a, mm-hmm. a, a selfless person uh, who drives a beat-up car in a beat-up house with beat-up clothes, and, uh, and I just feel like that was unnecessary. And making the kids sleep in sleeping bags um, took well. That was just that was just one night, though. I don't know if it was. The the next time we see them, they're in bed and they have like sheets and, oh, and a okay. bedspread. I don't I don't understand why Good. they were in. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad I'm glad you caught that because I was a little worried. I was like, that, that's weird. You can't have kids sleeping in sleeping bags. Yeah, so it was like what Miguel, 
Mm-hmm. And Roger, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and then JP, they're all together in the foster home. It's a short-term foster mm-hmm. home. And they're in sleeping bags. And then Miguel gets the fuck out. And all of a sudden, they're in sheets. You think it was, uh, I, you think I, it was I, racist? Is that what you're leading? Is that what you're trying to say I don't here? know. I mean, JP, JP is black. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is very, very, very white. He, he you is, know? yeah. And and Miguel was uh, looked to be of Latino heritage, you know. Okay, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Did you feel like uh, the the mustache that they put on Miguel was appropriate? Yes, you did. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, really, really, guys. <laughs> I mean, I think he's you know he's supposed to be a little older. He's probably fourteen. Uh, you know. I just yeah. I was like, why? Why did you put that dirty mustache on him? Why did you do that? Why did you gotta do? Why <laughs> leave that boy alone? <laughs> I, I had I had a goatee at age, you know, fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. Oh my gosh, dude! You had, had a go- dirty ass goatee. You had a goatee and hair resembling like Ronald McDonald, right? Didn't McDonald have weird ass hair? Yeah, I think so. Mine was not dyed, you know, cray- Crayola red. That's but, true. Uh, That's true. Yeah, but it certainly had the volume, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was a fun little experiment there at the end of high school. Oh, yeah. We loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Mm. Well, Johnny, we keep saying that we love this film and everything. I'm going to be really tempted to just go play-by-play on this one. So I I thought maybe I could do just a short little synopsis of the plot. Dude, bring it on. Tell us about this movie. I'm sure everybody knows about it, but just like to calm my brain. Uh, Yeah. Here we go. Roger, a new foster child, wants his father to bring the family back together. His father says that won't happen until the Angels, a losing team, wins the pennant. Roger and his sidekick, JP, live in a short-term foster home near the Angel Stadium. Their foster mom allows them to go to Angels games without supervision. One night, Roger prays to an unknown God that the Angels will win the pennant so that he will have his family back. Roger's prayers are answered and Christopher Lloyd and his celestial friends intercede halfway through the Angels' losing season and help the Angels ultimately win the pennant. The ornery coach, played by Danny Glover, adopts Roger and JP after finding the meaning of family. Do you think I can get a job at a radio station? Mark, that was really good. It, it like I was not prepared for you to um, come on in such a dynamic in uh, dramatic role there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, ooh, nope. Yep. It, it, even that first sentence, I was like, nope, not what I saw coming there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, Mark, great writing. That could have been uh, chat GPT for all we know. Um, Might have been. Nobody knows. Uh, well, I would bet that it's not because this film cannot be streamed or downloaded anywhere. So there's no reason to think that... Uh, said machine would know anything about it. Yeah. We had to delay the record a few days because we couldn't find where to watch it. It was thing. annoying as hell. Thank God Dustin came in clutch for me. DJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah. I spent the last six days trying to rip the DVD <laughs> so that you could watch it. I tried to live stream it onto our YouTube channel <laughs> and Google told me, no, 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 you violated our policies. This is strike say. one. <laughs> so, Oh my God! It's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's impossible to find anywhere. And, and when you search for it, you know, people will ask, like, "Why is this not available?" Well, it would, probably because it costs too much to, like, you know, do for do it in 4K or whatever HD. 
Yeah. I think it's worth it. I mean, I think it would totally be worth it. Are you kidding? It would be one of those that people freak out about. Like, they'd be like, oh my God, did you see this coming to Netflix? And everyone would watch it. Like, it would be the most watched yeah. thing. It would be on the top 10 of Netflix overnight. Guarantee it. But they can't, they can't put it on Netflix, though, because it's Disney. Yeah. And Disney Plus doesn't have everything Disney on it. What the hell is that? You know, uh, we need to go talk to Bob Iger uh, and Ron DeSantis and see see if we can work something out. Oh, my God. Someone needs to get between those two. You know, I hear about mm-hmm. uh, Iger a lot. I listen to uh, a Motley Fool, podca- Motley Fool podcast, and uh, they talk about him all the time. All the time. I don't yeah. know why. Well, I know he, I mean, he had a lot to do with Disney's, you know, profitability. Mm-hmm. And he stepped down, you know, somebody took, somebody else took over and things didn't go well. So and he's now back. He's back. Yep. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if he was smart, he would bring McConaughey back into the Disneyverse. Could you imagine? Uh, could, just imagine for a second what that would do to Disney. Like, I haven't seen a movie since the pandemic. And to be fair, I've only seen two movies in the last seven years. But. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, same. I would same. go and watch McConaughey. I'd do it. I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I chased my dream. I got it. I suck. My dream's cock. I'll read you loud and clear. 10-4. You got the one snowman on eastbound and down. Eastbound and down. Loaded up and trucking. Yeah, so uh, I, at the end of our last episode, I recorded a, a journal entry mm-hmm. solo. And it's from it was from All Right, All Right, All Right. Mm-hmm. And it talks about McConaughey. Uh, he went to... Uh, audition for this role and like walked through a backlit doorway. The sun was shining behind him and the, uh, you know, the casting folks were like, you look like an all American kid. Have you played baseball? He goes, yeah, 12 years I played. He goes, you got the job. Bullshit. <laughs> like it took nothing, you know, and, and he got paid $48,500 and, and he was set like that started him in Hollywood. And I, so, so I, I threw out that number, Johnny, I want you to reflect on that. He was not in this movie very much, was he? No, he was very much a a B list character. Like I was watching and trying to take note. Like he did yeah. have some speaking lines, but his yeah his primary objective was to be the four person when we're talking about the generic baseball players, right? Like if yeah. if we were ever panning out to the baseball team, his face would always be first. Like like that's who he was, right? That was his role. Yeah, and he was the first player to to interact with the Angels. True story. Yep. Uh, we see him get picked up by the Angels again later. He like uh, runs through the the back the back yeah. wall. Yep. We do, we do see him shirtless one time in the locker room. Noticed. Hell yeah, I did. Ding 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 ding. Yep. Not even Disney can hold that back. <laughs> we didn't see him shirtless as Wooderson, but we saw him shirtless in a children's movie. <laughs> Wooderson. Don't. <laughs> Don't bring up Wooderson. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about Wooderson. We're talking about Williams, also W. All right. Hey, okay. Uh-huh. So we got Larry, Wooderson, Williams. Williams. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's not a pattern here yet, but we're looking for one. Yeah. His next role is he's going to be Abe Lincoln, so no W there, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> He's going to be Abe Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I mean, all right. 
And Lozano smashes one to deep center. I don't think Williams will get to this one. So, all right. So he got paid $48,500. Yes. Is what you said? Yeah. Which is not a, a bad day's work, right? But that's not the $10 million that, you know, Jim Carrey wrote a check to himself for. Right. Uh, right. Right. So he's got a ways to go before he's an A-lister. How long did that take to film? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. I know they filmed it in Oakland, not in Anaheim, which hmm. is where the Angels are based out of. Uh, at the time, Disney was actually a part owner in the California Angels. Uh, you know, so. Yo, f- that state of California. F- them. Bunch of California fuckers. Yeah. Big ears. Yeah. And this was released in 94. Apparently the 94 season was cut short because of a, a strike. Really? Yeah, but the next year, the Braves, go Braves, the Braves won the World Series. Do you think that's because everyone else was out of practice? Maybe. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> but they also had some fucking killers, man. Do you remember uh, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, those those pitchers? Well, yeah. Okay. And, Bre- uh, and uh, David Justice, right? <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. I-, I saw some hesitation. I'm sad about David Why? Justice. He was one of my favorite players. What happened? And, Why are you sad? And I just he, went into the... Dead? Huh? Why am I sad? Is, yeah. Because I just recently went into my attic and found a bunch of old uh, baseball cards. Oh, yeah. I had, uh, I think, three David Justice baseball cards. One of them is a ceramic card. Okay. Uh, and the other two I had put into protective casing. And and I just... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, this guy, he's good. He married Halle Berry. Bullshit. Yeah. No, he no, he did not. He did. You know, this guy's a rock star. So I'm like, oh man, are they still married? His cards are going to be worth 15, 20 bucks a piece. Well, I mean, right? Yes. Uh, no, it's like five cents a piece. What what happened to him? I don't know. He was a great player. Is he still playing? <laughs> I don't what think the fuck? so. What happened to him? <laughs> I don't think man. so. Do you think it was Hallie? Do you think it was her fault? It could have been, yeah. She she broke his heart. I mean, she was cute, but if she destroyed Dave Justice, I don't know if it's worth it. I just don't know. Yeah. I really yeah. don't. But yeah, man, the early to mid-90s Braves, killer, man. I, I, man. Yeah. I would be sitting on my grandma's floor watching these Brave games because that's all we could, were allowed to do. Like We would just watch the Braves, right? I'm sure there was something better to be watching, but that's all we did. That's all we were watching. Same here. We go, go to my grandparents' house for Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. As they call it, and yeah, watch the Braves game. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up watching baseball. I mean, this was this was prime time for me in my childhood. Sounds like for you too for for baseball. So yeah, this definitely you know scratched an itch. Uh, this movie did, you know. Yeah, so Disney knew what they were doing. They were playing their audience, like you're saying. They knew. Yeah, they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did it make, Mark? What did this movie make? Fifty million. Bullshit. The USA box office was fifty million in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't like compare that to other movies. I I don't have this written down, but I think it was like top two, three, or four, like in um, like in its opening weekend. So it, it was wow. it was popular. Yeah, yeah. So why are y'all being shitty on us and saying thirty three percent? Like it's not adding up, Mark. 
Yeah, That's I don't I know. know. I, I mean, it's there's not a okay. I'm going to say this. I remember the plot being a lot more rich. And now as I watch it as an adult, it's like they hit on these things very lightly. You know, you don't really get to know these characters very well, but it's still a solid story. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I think it's well written. Yeah. I feel like the emotional, uh, those heartstrings are there. I can tell you as a father, I really did not feel comfortable in some of those scenes. Really? When uh, Douchebag Dad came in yeah, yeah, and all that, like I was legitimately upset. I was like, I can't believe you're doing this to a child. Like, I'm sure when I watched it as a kid, I was like, oh man, that sucks. But now I was like, fuck you. Look, lady, I get what I'm doing. The kid's not mine anymore. I'm not proud of it. It's not something I can change my mind about either. I will find you. <laughs> I will find you. All right. Like I don't know what happened to that guy. I don't know where he is, but uh, but his role he did he did a good job, and I didn't like it. Well, and that's that's, that's celebrated actor Dermot Mulroney. Uh, and yeah, he he played a good shitty dad riding away on the motorcycle mm-hmm. with no helmet, and he's like, sorry, kid." Uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear that that it really uh, hit a, hit a nerve with you. It, it really did, honest to God. Yep. And I would say anyone listening, uh, go back and watch it. Now, and that is going to appear different to you. You will not watch that scene the same. Yeah, so I'm not a I father. Did I, that, that didn't really hit me in the same way. What did like stand out to me was uh, Tony Danza's character. We mm-hmm. see him early in the movie. He's he's in one of those uh, like silver, <laughs> looks like it's a water tub for livestock, you know? <laughs> like a water trough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a hot bath or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and he's obviously doing some kind of therapy for his shoulder and he's smoking a cigarette. We don't see him smoking again until near the end. And then Christopher Lloyd, who is like the, the head angel, Al, mm-hmm. he, he tells, <laughs> he tells Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, this 12 year old, he says, Oh, Tony Danza will be with us soon. Goes, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He only has six months to live. He's smoked like a smokestack his whole life. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, you're going to do this in a children's well, movie? <laughs> hey, props to Disney, all right? Yeah. They were the real truth campaign. Okay? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, they were a few years ahead of their time. <laughs> They're uh, like, we're taking matters into our own hands here. <laughs> yeah, so there's, um, there's the shitty dad that you said struck a nerve with you. Mm-hmm. The uh, like very real conversation about death. And then, like, Danny Glover, his character, he's a, an ornery old coach who doesn't – I say he doesn't like kids, but he doesn't like anybody. There's a thing called talent. They don't have it. That's Thank you. I'm glad you said that. I was going to say that. He doesn't like a soul. Nobody. Yeah, and by the end, he has softened up and has really come to love Roger and JP and, and adopts mm-hmm. them, which I think was also a, a pretty good emotional moment. Roger, the person who called social service, that was me. I want to try to be a dad. I want you to come and live at my house. You, you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to know who at the adoption agency or uh, in social services thought that giving a baseball manager who has a history of violence... Um, 
two children is a good idea. Like who was like this? This is going to be a good guardian for these kids. All right. Lately, just lately, we've seen him steal a um, a professional ball club's tour van. Okay. <laughs> we've seen him hit a reporter on live television. Well, that'll wrap things up here. Hey, in the I'm field. still in the air here. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I mean I don't I don't know what else he did, but but either way, I so I don't think he's. I don't think he stole the the bus, right? I mean, it's like his team, sorta. And and the and the ranch, he's an asshole. He needed to be punched, right? I mean, he did, but I'm just I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> the social services people, they have a job, okay? Yeah. And letting this one guy that we believe is we we have no reason not to believe he's living alone, right? Yeah. Has no support system. Yeah. Uh, let let's give him two kids. Let's do this. This is a great idea. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, I do I do work in juvenile court and and I do adoptions and things and yeah, that that was definitely a red flag for me like you're gone 6 months out of the year traveling. Right? You know, where where are these kids going to go to school? You know, you're up early for practice, you're you're up late watching tape and you know, night games and how are you going to take care of kids with yeah, no one to help you? I'm just saying, I feel like that was a a clear oversight. Um, and so it needs to be discussed. Okay. I, I will say that, that I don't, they, they did a good job with the Danny Glover character because at the beginning he was he, again, very ornery. He was flipping, mm-hmm. um, flipping the craft services table in, in the locker room. Um, at, at one point, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character tells him maybe don't swear so much. You know, the angels might mm-hmm. come if you, if you don't swear so much, you know, so he's like a rough around the edges character. But there's the a angels might come. Tell me again. They might come. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, again, another reason why I think that that this should be a, a more well-known movie. They did a great job, kind of turning that character pretty naturally and pretty quickly from this ornery guy to a guy that I would trust. I would trust him with any anything. If I had kids, I would trust him with my kids. I would trust him with anything. He was, uh, yeah, they did a great job transitioning his character, I think. I, I do think that the character development there was 100%. I do. Um, and I think that Danny Glover should also be celebrated. Um, I know him best from my dad's favorite movies, um, the Lethal Weapon series, right? Um, Hell yeah. Uh, they are not similar in any way <laughs> to this film. Uh, but... Danny Glover, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I was a little worried. I was a little bothered. Uh, he had like some some razor burn, uh, a little bit of acne from his uh, shaving. And I was like, who is this guy's makeup person? Mm. Like what's going on in this film? Mm. I just feel like, like what were they doing? What were they fucking doing? Yeah, and this was in standard definition too. You know, you think they would have been able to hide it a little better. I expect myself to have razor burn. Okay. Because I'm just a guy over here behind a mic, right? But him, I can only assume he made more than $48,000 on this film. At least give the man some makeup. Yeah, because I think this was either right after his the, the third lethal weapon or in between the second and third lethal weapon. I mean, he's he's riding high on money, you know? He is. This was his time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't need, yeah, need anybody to, or, or he should be able well, to also afford. Also Bird Lady. Go ahead. I was going to say, also Bird Lady, right? I mean- Height of her career, 
What are what did she do anything else? What happened to Bird Lady? And the Oscar goes to Brenda Fricker in my left foot. I don't know. I saw Brenda Fricker on IMDb. I'm like, hey, I know that name. I don't know what yep. else she's in. So I I don't know. Yeah, so this is this is one of those early roles of McConaughey that we don't have a lot of McConaughey content. <laughs> but no, no. Um I was trying to pay attention to his character. I, you know, obviously that's what we're here for, mastering McConaughey. Uh, and I, I feel like he did a good job. Uh, I don't feel like it took near as much effort for him mm. as, let's say, Larry dying did. I feel like he put more effort into Larry dying mm. than he did this particular character. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like, like you said earlier, he was a baseball player. He just, he knew what to do. He just like walked into the role. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Yeah, it, it was more of kind of just a natural uh, natural performance. The only lines I really remember him saying are when we first – so we see Al first, the boss angel, Christopher Lloyd. But when we first see the angels in the outfield, they pick up Matthew McConaughey's character, Williams, right? Mm-hmm. And like yep. do this unnatural like carry and he catches a ball and uh, – Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character ends up interacting with Danny Glover's character and says, hey, I saw angels ask Williams. You know, he he will tell you something felt different. Right. right. And this is where we get the line where where the Ben Williams character says, like, I don't know, Captain. I felt weightless. You, you know, something like that. But Yeah, yeah. Like someone was carrying me. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I felt weightless like somebody had me by the arms, Captain. How'd I do that? But otherwise, uh, maybe he had some other lines, but it was mostly just in like action montages of him out on the field and just yeah, in the locker definitely. room, things like that. That's that's what I'm saying. Like his job was to be the face of the other players, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was his role. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't Tony Danza. He wasn't the catcher. Um, you know, he. Th- there were a few players who were, who were major roles. McConaughey, just 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 not so much. I feel like yeah, yeah. The catcher talking about chili dogs, <laughs> chili dogs. Yeah, <laughs> could I think he dogs. had more lines than McConaughey. It wasn't like a regular home, no. It felt like someone was swinging with me. Very strange. I could feel some added power coming from somewhere. It must have been those chili dogs I ate before the game. You know that third one tasted kind of funny. Oh, I'm sure of it. Absolutely. Adrian yeah. Brody, which was a surprise, he was in this movie. Who was that? Yeah, Adrian Brody. The, the pianist, um, he's been in a few Wes Anderson films. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very mm-hmm. young Adrian Brody. I think he had he definitely had more lines than McConaughey, but McConaughey stood out more. I guess no matter how many times you hear that song played in a major league stadium on a warm afternoon, it's still emotionally evocative. Drop dead. I got sunscreen in my eye. He looked, I mean, like the, the casting guy said, all-American kid. McConaughey looks mm-hmm. like a baseball player, you know? He does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was it was good to see him. He fit He fit right in. I was happy to see that they named him at the, at the uh, beginning credits. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's going places, all right? He is going places in life. Yeah, this, this is the beginning. This is just the beginning. A um, couple of things I want to point out. What you got for us, Mark? 
Tell us it all. Tell us all. One, at like minute 35, Al, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, I guess Roger sees Christopher Lloyd's face in his Coke cup. Do you remember that? And then he like oh, yeah. pops out of the, of the Coke cup. Yep. So this is 1994. Got to bring in a Star Trek reference. This is the same time when Deep Space Nine was was on the air. Okay, this is this is a little like UPN, you know, Paramount show where they had a uh, a changeling, a shapeshifter character, where he was like he would turn into goo, and it's just TV. You know, this is they don't have Disney money. Sure, yeah. And I think the the Odo character, the the changeling character, that animation was so much better than this weird little um you know the soda yeah, pops I'm, out type type animation it was similar but just it was worse it was jerky i noticed that i was like jerky that was not as smooth as they would have done it today yes yes okay i mean like today they really would have blended it i feel like i could have paused the movie and shown you where like they're like okay we're giving up on the animation just stick them in there <laughs> like yeah yeah. See, but I know that it was possible at that time because they did it on TV. You know, uh, I don't know. It, it felt, it felt, yeah, jerky, perfect, perfect word. Uh, yeah, they they could have done better. Well, I mean, D- Disney also, they they've got to learn, right? I mean, if you go to Epcot, you're like, wow, this is what Disney thought the future was going to look like. Well, they <laughs> fucked that up. Okay, I mean, they weren't always on it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> they weren't. I mean, I've never been to Disney World, so I don't know. I don't know what Epcot's about. What? You've never been to Disney? I went to Disneyland as an adult a few years ago because my wife is from Anaheim. Oh. But I've never been to the Florida Disney. Um, well, so I actually went to Disney lately and brought this up to a Disney employee. Mm. Uh, I don't know why we struck up a conversation. Okay. Uh, but apparently, the people who work at Disney, um, they're it's a very close knit family uh, for the cast members and the people working and, and all these people, right? You would think there are so many of them that they're just numbers. Apparently not. They really like each other. Um, but in Disneyland in California, because it's a smaller park, she's like, man, that's just the place to be when you're here, your family. <laughs> like she loved it there. Loved it. Isn't that Applebee's yeah. or something? When you hear your family? <laughs> <laughs> what is like, that i don't know i i know i didn't make that up but uh i have no idea where it came from the olive garden when you're here your family <laughs> oh man uh we cannot turn this into a disney podcast a disney parks podcast i'll tell you that I, I don't know enough well i mean listen ron desantis if you're listening okay we're much more interested in disney than we are you for the record all right let this show be a testament yeah i ordered my um I ordered my Halloween costume early, okay? Uh, what? Yeah. I've got the high heel boots, the Ron DeSantis high heel boots. <laughs> what? So that I can be five foot eight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got my... Good. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up because I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. Is he wearing heels? Do, do, what? Yeah. Is he trying to lift himself up? Yeah, yeah. If you look in you like his, his appearances uh, on... Yeah, on camera, he's wearing these bullshit, you know, cowboy boots or whatever, but they're like ridiculously high heels. Yeah, Mark caught your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, burn. Thinking shit by him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is this is a good movie. Well, this is a good movie, and, and it was it was fun to see McConaughey. 
It is a good movie. It is a good movie. So, so Mark, uh, this might be a proper time for us to get into the McConaughey. <laughs> I just want to meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something there is in life, isn't it? Do you have a McConaughey for us from this film? Johnny, I, I, I do. I, I felt very at peace. I felt very centered when I saw McConaughey glove, baseball glove outstretched, run through a wooden, you know, baseball outfield wall and and catch the ball. I I rewound that a few times trying to watch like was this you know like how legit was this stunt did he do this stunt himself mm-hmm. I think he did and he just like ran right straight through a fucking wall I'm sure it was balsa wood but it's still like uh, I mean it, at this point in his career the director's like we got nothing to lose just throw this kid through a wall like he's a nobody right yeah we paid him forty eight five like he'll do whatever we want <laughs> <laughs> little did they know yeah. Yeah, that he would be America's treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it was. Uh, I think it shows that he really committed to the role. Again, most of the most of the, what we see him do on screen are just these like little action montages of him catching the yeah. ball. He gets mm-hmm. picked up by angels two times, you know. But like, so I think that really showed his commitment to acting and and to his character. So that's my McConaughey. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a McConaughey? Damn. Um, I think. My McConaughey um, will be when the angels picked him up mm. that first time. Mm. Okay, uh, he flew in a in an awkward fashion, twenty, twenty five, thirty feet, just enough for it to be like, what the hell just happened, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very reminiscent to me of Michael Jordan. Okay, I don't know why. Yes. I just felt like those, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm going to jump at this, at this three-point line and I'm going to hit this dunk, right? Yes. But me being compared to him, I, I took offense to that. I don't know where he actually jumped from. Maybe it was the free throw, but wherever it was, it was too far. Right. Like, way too far. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to tie those together and say there's a takeaway from that, Mark. <laughs> I'm just going to say. It stood out to you. That stood out to me. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it's all. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like you said, we didn't have a lot of lines to work with. Yeah, right. No, no, no. We had the action montages. Um, so yeah, I like it. For you, he ran through a wall. For me, he got picked up by angels. Right. Yeah, I think yours is more dramatic. But yeah, same same kind of thing. You know, I mean, just yeah, kind of the 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 all American hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really. I I hope this helped his career. You know, hope this helped his his acting <laughs> like real. Yes. You know, because he really does stand out as like mm-hmm. just solid guy. You know, I am interested for us to get to the place in our podcast where he really has turned the corner. Right, like people have realized this guy is onto something. Like this is like I I, I want to identify that moment where America woke up and said, more than a piece of abs, this guy right here, Mm -hmm. he's a piece of abs and he can act. It's coming up. I think it's going to be probably 2024 before we really get there. Yeah. Wow. Our our friend John, 
Uh, Brother John, I don't know if he yeah. sent this to you as well, but he sent me something on Instagram. No, I don't think uh, so. A movie called Tiptoes. Uh, Johnny, this is a rough one. Um, yep, I'm listening. It's in mm-hmm. between The Wedding Planner and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's a rom-com with Kate Beckinsale, which I'm excited about. I love Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, who doesn't? Right. Oh my God, dude. I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything too much, but the listeners can look it up. The premise is absolutely fucking bonkers. I, I don't know how his career recovered from it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this this film had the potential to to burn it all down. Yeah, but luckily he was ignored. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, luckily it was ignored. Yeah, so we're in '94, and once we get to 2000, mm-hmm. 2003, mm-hmm. we're going to be rocking along. We're we're not going to be talking about these movies anymore. We're going to be talking about how McConaughey really pops. Excellent. You got to pop. Excellent. Yeah. Pop, pop. That's a pop. That's a pop. That's a pop. Make it sexy, okay? It has to be sexy, otherwise you don't eat, okay? So we we got to figure out how to review this. I guess his performance. Yeah. You know, this, this review part is hard because you want to review the movie, but also his performance. You know, so I guess we can review both. You do. Right. But you also want to find um, an applicable review standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what what is it going to be? One out of 10 what's, Mark? What are we talking about this time? Here's something I, I, I forgot to mention earlier. The first two angels that picked up McConaughey in that, as you said, 25, 30 foot, like mm-hmm. Air Jordan style you know, leap in the air. Those right. two angels, I looked this up. It's Damon Wayans and Josh Groban. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> That's what they looked like to me. I was like, the hell? Yeah. No. <laughs> I watched that scene okay. over and over again. I'm like, that is a Wayans brother. <laughs> I know it. Uh, and, a, you know, on IMDb, it's like, no, it's not a Wayans brother. But I mean, the the graphics are not great. You know, I'm like, that is a fucking Wayans brother. They address that on IMDb? Like, oh, no, this is not what you think it is. Surely not. No, they just have the guy credited. Okay. Thank yeah, God. yeah. I was like, wow. Well, okay. And the other guy looks like Josh Groban. So we could we could do Groban Angels. We could do mm-hmm. Coca-Cola Angels and maybe get a sponsorship from Coca-Cola. Ooh. We could do, uh, I don't know. Hashtag Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I think that we should. All right, we're gonna we're gonna call out Coca Cola. All right. Okay. Coke, okay. We're here for you. We are here for you. I hope you're listening. Coca, own some of your stock, please. Do good. Right. Earlier from Chick Fil A, I was drinking a Dr Pepper. I think that's their brand. Do what? Whichever is your brand, I'm drinking it. <laughs> well, they're they're a Georgia uh, Georgia brand, right? So hopefully it's Coke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Atlanta strong. Uh, we oppose Cop City, I think. <laughs> I don't know enough. I mean, I do. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, I just know that some people are really upset about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know why we need it personally. I mean, but but that's not what this is about, right. Mark. All right. That's not right. what we're getting into today. <laughs> yeah. We're doing okay. what? What? Uh, ballpark Cups of Coke? Cups of Coke? Yeah. Right. For, for the rating. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How many cups of Coke? Mm. All right. There's not a lot here from McConaughey. I think he does a good job with it, from with what he has, but there's not much to work with. I give the movie, I give the movie eight point five cups of Coke. Ooh. Half mm-hmm. the the half cup spilled on me. 
Um, or the assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sat I on those nachos. That by the was way. Awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah. saving them for later. Yeah. That the nacho sitting on the nachos really really uh, tapped into my my childhood. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to give McConaughey like a bad rating, but there's just not much there. There's not. So I'll give I'll give him seven cups of coke. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I'm gonna give the movie a seven and a half overall. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, if we believe that 70 is average, right? If that's what we're being led to believe, mm-hmm. they're over average, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not blow your socks off work, but we like it. It is above average. All right. Maybe eight cups. I'll round up to eight. Okay. Seven and a half rounding up to eight. Okay. Uh, for, for McConaughey, like you said, it's tough. Uh, I feel like this was kind of like a nonchalant role for him. Mm. Like he didn't overact it, and if he had, it would have been weird. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so he did great with what he was he was given, but he wasn't given a lot. Yeah. Um, he really sold the angels, which I feel like could have been difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm an actor acting that there are angels pulling me around. Like I gotta like this is this is getting weird now, right? It's like Inception for sure. Uh, so so yeah, I'll give him eight. I'll give him, I'm going eight across the board, Mark. That's what I'm doing. Eight cups of Coke, two out for my homies. I like, <laughs> I like that. It's solid. <laughs> solid. That's what I'm doing. Well, Mark, at this time of the night, it's time to write our journal entry. That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. Absolutely. Johnny, you'll be excited to know that I've read beyond page 10 or 11. I've made it to page 64. Oh, shit. There's some pretty crazy fucking stories in this book. Uh, green lights. Uh, not, a, not a lot of like distilled wisdom that I can bring to the listeners, but uh, I've got something here. The title of this little section is Process of Elimination and Identity. The first step that leads to our identity in life is usually not, I know who I am, but rather, I know who I'm not. Process of elimination. Too many options can make a tyrant out of any of us. So we should get rid of the excess in our lives that keep us from being more of ourselves. When we decrease the options that don't feed us, we eventually, almost accidentally, have more options in front of us that do. Knowing what who we are is hard. Eliminate who we're not first, and we'll find ourselves where we need to be. And I think this kind of relates back to what we were saying in the Dazing Infused episode, where like, you know, Wooderson is just he just he don't want to be in part of the system. You know, it's like reduce your needs and you know keep living. So that's the journal entry, dude. I really I really like that. That's fantastic. Eliminate what you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really does. It, it makes the whole idea of identifying self easier, right? Yeah. I mean, it does. It sounds like the easier first step. Uh, and, and I can't speak for you, Mark, but I can, I can say that I am in a, a growth point in my life where I got to change some things, change my schedule around. You know, I've had scheduling issues. Um, mm. I need to start waking up earlier. Uh, I need to start exercising again, all these things. Um, but I'm going to spend some time, honest to God, because that's, I mean, that's, 
That's not bad, McConaughey. That's not bad at all. <laughs> Eliminating what I'm not. I like that. Yeah. So something to think about, something to grow on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good pick, Mark. Good pick. Thank you. Well, what are we watching next time, brother? Well, the next thing that McConaughey is in chronologically, he's in, he's uncredited in a Daniel Johnston music video. I don't know who that musical artist is, uh, but the the next like actual performance he's in is Boys on the Side, a 1995 film featuring Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Mary Louise Parker, and Drew Barrymore. Wow, that is a cast. Yeah, and we tackle some some pretty big issues, uh, what it is to be a gay woman. Uh, we, we tackle the AIDS epidemic, drug addiction, abusive partners. It's uh, kind of heavy. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. This is heavy. Yeah. Okay, so we go from angels picking up McConaughey in an outfield to AIDS and abusive relationships. That's right. That is a hard turn right there. It is, but don't worry. The next movie after this is uh, really bizarre. So (laughs) this this is just kind of an up and down time in his career. Exactly. He's just trying to figure it out, man. Okay. Right. We're not going to judge him yet. He's going to, he's taking anything he can get at this point. Right. Boys got to get paid. Yeah. I think uh, I've, I've done a quick watch through of boys on the side. I think you're going to enjoy his character. We see him on screen a lot more than we have in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be able to really sink our teeth into less of what the movie is about and more about who McConaughey is and like how he's developing as an actor. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about that too. Yeah. Now, when you said sink your teeth into, like I was like his abs, say it, Mark, say his abs. Johnny, we see him. We, okay. We see one of Drew Barrymore's nipples, maybe two. Ooh. And we, yeah. And we see McConaughey, Totally naked, except for like a sheet across his his groinal area. So, what's in there? Huh? His groinal. Yeah. I think it's a peen and a oh. you know two two balls and a penis. Let's hope so. Yeah, we don't see it, but we do see his nipples. <laughs> oh, hey, everyone's nipples. That's right. My nipples bring all the boys to the yard. Damn right, <laughs> it's better than yours. <laughs> Sorry. Just, <laughs> I've been refilling my drink this whole time. I don't know if you've noticed, but. Well, I, I it did seem like, you know, you would take three or four swigs and I'm like, oh man, that hasn't gone down at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> a magic drink. <laughs> yes. It's much like one of those magical oil vases in the Bible. It just keeps refilling. Yeah. Or any magic kit that you were able to obtain as a child. I always ask for a real magic kit and I would always like get to Christmas and I could like, I would, I would see that it wasn't real and I wouldn't go for that present because Mm. it wasn't real. Looking back on that, I feel bad for my parents because of how I reacted to that. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So many things, you know, looking back as an adult, you go, Oh man, I was a shitty kid. You know, right. Asshole. But you didn't understand the context. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Magic is real. Ask any Wiccan. <clears throat> <laughs> I've worked with a few Wiccans, so uh, I might be able to find their phone number. I could ask them. Well, Mark, you got some credits rolling for us? 
Uh, yeah, Jenny, I got some credits here because we need to thank some people. We need to thank all of our listeners. Uh, we also need to thank Halizna for our theme song, Hey Aqualung. You can find a link to his Patreon uh, and his freemusicarchive.org page in our episode description. You can also find a link to Johnny's other podcast, The Modern Real Estate Agents. That's Johnny's real podcast. If you are a real estate agent, please check that out. Uh, some like excellent, excellent wisdom on there if you want to break out as a real estate agent here in 2023. You can find us on Instagram at MasteringMPod. We've already uh, let out a plea to all of our listeners. Please, please follow us on Instagram. Uh, please leave us a review and, and subscribe. We, we really want to grow this podcast right now. Really get out there. Uh, this is a, a passion project for Johnny and myself, and we want to make this worth our while. Uh, we, we want we want some a good listenership, and we, we really want to to put our joy out into the world. Um, so yeah, please tell your friends, subscribe, find us on Instagram at Mastering M Pod. Mastering M Pod. That's right. So then I guess we, we can just say that's all for now. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <laughs> what does Porky the Pig say? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. Bye, y'all. Wilder!